0: What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I am your host, Matt, coming to you from the beautiful Midtown Studios in downtown Bakersfield. I'm excited today. i got two of my brothers that are gone, man. Daniel, Tony, they're not here. Our love is with you, man. We, we're wherever y'all are at. We're with you. Uh, but I'm excited to have my B-Fan back for another episode. My brother from another mother, my friend, my pastor, my, my pastor. Just, uh, just uh, excited to have him on, Pastor, Doctor, Reverend <laughs> Dwayne Cantrell. We're glad to have you back on the show. How you doing,
1: man? Glad to be back. Thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm surprised. I guess you all are gluttons for punishment. We, uh, I'm, I'm glad you had me back. It's a blessing to be here, man. It's, it's exciting to have you on. And
0: I got to tell you the last time that you were on, we had, we had real positive response. Anyway, we had a great conversation. Uh, everybody seemed to really, really enjoy the conversation. And so I'm excited to have you back on. We never
1: have a hard time
0: talking about Jesus.
1: Uh, no, I I think I think people got a, a sneak peek into our conversations when we have breakfast or dinner and we shut restaurants down and stuff.
0: That's, that is absolutely correct. Like we we do it. We do this in such a way that we look up and we go, oh. Are we the only ones
1: here? <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Um, I'm so sorry. I think we've done that uh, a couple of places yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I want to I want to talk about uh this, this thought that I had, it's kind of a, for me, it was an epiphany. It was a, it was a revelatory moment, and, and, and for some people, it might not be quite as light bulbish uh, as it was for me, but for me, it was, a, it's, it was a big deal, and it happened to me a few weeks back um, as I was at a camp, and God kind of just ministered to me in a, in a particular way. But before we get into all that, let's go to the verse. We'll start with the, always, as always, we'll start with the verse here. Let's go to 1 John three eighteen and it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth and um this is crazy this is crazy um I want to know maybe we can unpack first why is this so hard you know let us not love with words or speech but in actions and in truth why is that so hard because I feel like um I know a lot of people that say that they keep it real oh no I just I keep it real I'm always you know I always keep it 100 like But then keep it 100, but yeah, and you know, they don't like, (laughs) you could say that all day long, but again, this is with your words and your speech that you're saying this, but what about your actions and in, and in truth? And, and and the reason why I asked that question is because I had this recent awakening, you know, and it was God that, that brought it to me. Genuinely, this has happened uh, more recently. I've learned that there's a difference between living for people and loving people. And that's kind of what I want to unpack. You know, what do you feel differences are there, especially as you, as it pertains to this particular scripture and what it means to love beyond our words or speech?
1: No, it's, uh, th- that's a good, those are good questions. And one of the, one of the questions that you asked is why is it so difficult for people? I mean, we can, we can know the path as they say, is I'm quoting uh, the prophet Morpheus. Yes. From the matrix. <laughs> There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. So you can know it and then you can talk it, but then walking it is a whole different thing. And that's, I mean, that's part of being a believer, right? I mean, we, you can know the word and you could quote the scripture and you can say it and talk it. And 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 you can kind of act out in terms of words, you know, how you doing? I'm blessed. You know, I, you know, the things to say, hallelujah, you know, you know, the right. words to say, but when it comes to actually walking out the blessed and the hallelujah, it's, it's a, it's, it's more difficult um, and with this, uh, you know, we'll, again, we'll unpack more later, but it, it's difficult because of what comes with it. There are consequences to, to words, yeah. confrontations, conversations, and yeah. all that. So we, we can get into that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this, this idea that, um, you know, uh, we, I think, especially in the church and, in and, and as believers, we find ourselves under that old adage where we, where we get in the business of getting in other people's business and teaching them, you know, and, and what is, what is the old adage? Those that, those that cannot do teach, Mm -hmm. which is such a farce, but, but, but it's funny to say, uh, we've gotten into that almost right. Where we kind of, we dabble in this. Well, let me tell you what, what the Bible says, or let me tell you what I know. And most people, I believe this is a big reason why a lot of people have maybe even taken a step back from, whether it's being attended attenders of churches or actively involved in pursuing Jesus is because they're like, I've been told enough. I've been shown way too much of the opposite mm-hmm. of, of what I've been told to believe this, like to believe that this is a thing. And what I mean, obviously, cause I'm not smart enough to come to this realization by myself, but what I mean by living or, or loving is this, when you live for people, you're more concerned with how they feel rather than who they are. And that can be a dangerous precedent when we live this way, if we're living this way. And and that's why, that's why, you know, um, that's why it's difficult mm-hmm. because we care, we care. And I was just having this conversation too with somebody the other day. I said, you know, that I think it's easy to maybe uh, it's, there's, there's almost this wave that you find yourself in where like, okay, I'm a, I, I like to challenge people. Of course, I want to, I want to call them into doing something. When I don't know them, it's difficult for me to challenge them because I don't know them. and when I get to know them and, and love them now I can love you with the love of the Lord and have just met you and find, we'll love you with the love of, of the Lord as they say, but loving like Jesus again looks different. we say love you with the love of the Lord it looks way different then when you love them, it gets easier oh i can I can challenge you now I know you a little more now i can I can I can speak a little more plain with you. I can, I can, I see maybe something in you. God has revealed some things in you that I can speak to or call out. But then there comes this time where you go from just going beyond loving them to maybe liking them. And now I like you. And now it's like, now it's harder again because I like you and I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to say, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And, And I think with all of us coming with, um, I come with baggage. I can't speak for everybody else listening, uh, you know, to the podcast, but I come with baggage in history and my baggage in history has given me issues with abandonment and all of these kinds of things. And so I don't want you to leave. I just want to be able to tell the truth. Right. Uh, and, and I think we wrestle with that.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one of the consequences of, of our words and, and, and doing that. So when I was looking at the scripture, um, and I I looked at your question and the idea of, of living for people versus loving people, um, you know, the pastor side of me, it's, it's, it's a difficult balance because the Bible tells us to live for people in this way. And this is where we get kind of lost in this mix. Mm-hmm. So follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Right. That's me living for you. That's, that's me showing an example of a path for you to walk on. Right. Yep. Um, um For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right. That means my life has to do with with the, 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 further, the furthering of God's kingdom, the furthering of God's love. Yeah. So I'm laying down me for the sake of you as long as I'm alive, yep. right? And when I go home, I, I go home, right? Uh, there's no greater love than this, than, than one man or woman lay down his life for another. Yep. So my idea is to lay down me yeah. for the betterment and the life and the purpose of you. Um, don't do anything that causes others to stumble. Right. So right. I'm putting myself aside. So my whole consciousness is my life is for others for the sake of Christ. Right. Right. So you have that piece. But but the other piece, though, that we can get lost in is that um, we're not to cater. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to cater to people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Nowhere does it say to be codependent. Right. And no, nowhere. That, that means I get my that means I get mine from you. <laughs> right. Right. I get my uplifting, my betterment from you. That that's there's nowhere in scripture for that. And and, and the other one is that we're not to seek approval from anyone. And that's that that's kind of that linchpin. Yes. of I don't want to say this because I don't want to lose your like for me. Yeah. Social media talk. I don't want to lose likes. Right. right. But but from a real standpoint, you know, for someone who like me who might be insecure and all that it's like I I want people to like I like people I want people to like me back and if I say this are you not going to like me anymore especially if you're close to me
0: yeah yeah and that's that's that is that's an interesting it's an interesting battle you know I've been likening everything to wrestling matches you know thus far and and no not like the WWE kind uh, but like like a legit if you've ever been like you know just messing around with your boys or whatever and wrestled around on the mats like it's it's hard it's tough Uh, and there are definitely two wills that are battling and this idea of wanting, wanting to be liked or wanting people to, you know, to, um, to just be agreeable with, uh, wanting people to get along. I've, I've preached this before and and people have heard me say this before. There's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And, um, and you know, there's also a reason why Jesus, uh, had times where there were, moments of solitude so that he could get away so that he could get refreshed, recharged because he was also man. Um, and kind of exemplifying what we need to do in that space. And I think that what Jesus did was he didn't even necessarily live his life for people, but he, as what you were describing here is he gave his life for people. And, and there, I think, I think that's the, what you're, what you're kind of getting at here too, is that we can either live for people or we can give our life for people and as pastors, that's, that's what we have to do. Like, we have to give our lives for people, but, but also to fall into this. I jokingly say, you know, that's why my new ministry example, other than Jesus, is Medea. That's, she's my, new, that's, my, new, that's my new ministry example. Now, this, this, this Tyler Perry character, if you guys have never heard of Medea, y'all, you guys need to look her up. You need to, Tyler Perry created this thing. He made these plays, and then he did these movies. And my favorite is a play. And as Medea goes to jail, and uh, and she just she just tells it like it is. She's so straight up, but she's straight up because she genuinely does care about people. Uh, and when you look under all of the all of the hard uh, outer shell of Medea, there is this person who's like, "I love you so much that I just want you to get up out of yourself. I want you to get up out of the situation that you are in. I want you to figure that out." Of course, I say this in jest, but there is truth. There is truth hiding in that. That if we, if you know, was Jesus concerned about people's feelings over the truth being shared? Nope, he sure wasn't like, does that mean that Jesus Jesus wasn't going around being a jerk to people, but Jesus was more concerned with people knowing the truth because it was the truth that would make them experience the freedom that he was coming to kind of solidify and let them know, like, this is why I'm here. Uh, And if we become so overwhelmingly concerned with people's feelings, then we're in trouble of not living out the truth you know, ourselves, um, because, you know, to know, to do good and to do it, not that's sin. And, uh, and that's James four seventeen uh, for those that are listening. Um, and I think, I wonder how often do we do that? How often do we know a good thing or do we know to do exemplify or say the good thing, the right thing? And, and we don't.
1: Yeah. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of fear behind that. Um, and and one of the things that you're saying as I'm looking at this takes me to, you know, what is love? And, and I think I think sometimes people get a misperception of what love is mm. um, because we associate it with a um, with the Webster's Dictionary definition that's connected to feelings and how we feel for one another. And, and to your point of this whole conversation is the feeling part. Yeah. And I think when we talk about loving people, if you look at biblical, love it's very different. So, so yes, love is comfort and comforting those with the comfort we receive from God. When people are in those spaces, yeah. um, love is giving as God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, love is here. Here's the part that, that we miss though, is that love is correction because scripture says to admonish one another. Yes. Um, but love is also compassion and kindness and humility. So now how do you mix all that together where yes we admonish one another but it's because we love each other. Right. And how we do it is very important in the how as well. So 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 we're getting to the just get to the what for I mean you know what are we doing? Yeah. And if we're so concerned about feelings like ah, I don't want to say this. Here's here's a real silly example. Um and, and I always this is a frustrating thing for me. So um I have dry eyes. I am going somewhere with this, I promise. I have dry <laughs> eyes. And so because I have dry eyes, my eyes tear up, my, they water a lot. Uh-huh. I, know, I know that seems ironic, but the doctor told me when you have dry eyes, your eyes produce more tears to try to, right? And so right. they overproduce, so my eyes are constantly watering. So because of that, I have this little crust that gets on the side of my eye, the little eye crust mm-hmm. that gets there. And people will have full-blown conversations with me.
0: And not help you and
1: out. Then I, and then I'll like go and look in the mirror and it's like this big wave of eye crust, like this big sha- eye shadow sitting on the side of my face, <laughs> white eye shadow in the corner of my eyes. And I'm like, nobody's going to tell me that I had something. I'm just <laughs> I'm just having conversations. Um, I, I remember somebody told me now I grew up in a in a in a um, urban kind of context. Right. Right. <laughs> so i I never heard of the term bat in the cave yeah, yeah, I never heard of that until until we started the church or someone someone was talking to me, whatever. They walked away and I didn't notice. And they came back and said, Pastor, you didn't tell me I had a bat in the cave. I'm like, what in the heck is a bat in the cave? <laughs> and of course, that's when you have something in your nose hanging, yeah. hanging about. Right. But but I say that in jest. But I mean, we do that like we don't even want to do that. Right. It's like, hey, you have some lint on your, your coat or, you, you know, you got some ketchup on your whatever. You, we don't yes. want to do that. Because we're so afraid of offending, hurting feelings or things like that. When we let the person walk away in a place that can be embarrassing, in a place where if not corrected, it can go wrong. Now, bring that back to this lesson. Yeah. We have times we don't say things to people and we can see them just hurting other people and nobody will say anything or or they're embarrassing themselves and don't even know it. And nobody's going to tell them that they're making a fool of themselves or whatever it is. It's just yeah. a point of correction that's needed and nobody will say anything.
0: Yeah. And, and how, uh, how often, and I can, I can speak even just for myself here. I won't ask you to, to incriminate yourself, but, but how often have we maybe even, um, sacrificed the multitude for the sake of not, hurting one person's feelings Mm -hmm. and so because of that and then as you're just like you're talking about right now 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 there's a wave of people we didn't want it we didn't want this one person to leave or this one person to feel bad but now there's this wave of people that are leaving or that are feeling bad or that are dealing with this this headache or this Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. because it doesn't get it doesn't just get better you know if if people don't understand that and that that something's going on or that they're doing something wrong or that they're maybe even operating from a place where they're they're not healthy. Mm-hmm. And then it begins to hurt them and then hurt people. We know hurt people. First uh, 1 John 1, 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and, and the truth is not in us. So how often do we lie to ourselves about how well we're loving people while we're not being honest with them? Uh, and, and I have a caption here that just says, if you're lying, you're not loving. Uh, that's just the way that that is. That's the difference between living for people and loving people is, is, is if, if, if you're lying. Often the greatest sin that the Christian faces or that the Christian would commit is omission. Aside from projection, now that, that could be one that we could dive into too, but that's a whole nother mm-hmm. topic, but I think omission, are you, are you out here telling ugly truths that are necessary or are you, are you, are you speaking pretty lies? Because there is, um, this is, this is why I love, I love this proverb and I'm, I'm bring this up because this is, par- this is what I want to get to as well. I don't want to just get to this point where we're talking about everybody else. I'm going to, I want to own some stuff here because there's a reason why we do this uh, uh, so Proverbs twenty seven six says um, uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And uh, if you're a true friend, if you, you'll be a truth telling friend, right? If you're uh, all you're surrounded by are are those who are just trying to keep peace with you uh, because of your emotions or your responses, then you, you might want to take inventory of of who you're surrounding yourselves with. And because the, and the truth is, I failed in this so much more than I've succeeded. Like this for me, this is my kryptonite because I can tell you that I'm not the easiest person to bring correction to or admonishment to because it's not because I don't know that I don't mess up because I know that I do. It's because I hate the idea that I could have walked down even the wrong path for a moment and then either led somebody there, hurt somebody while I was. so I get, I just really just want to, just light it all on fire for me, not for anybody else. And uh, I think I think we all deal with some of that, or some some version of that, at least, right? Which is why it's maybe harder to tell a truth, maybe because you know you know how you maybe receive some truths, or you've seen the person react in such a way that makes you go, oh man, I don't know if I want to tell them. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, we we all in in one way or another. I don't want to say all, but most. Maybe ninety nine point nine percent struggle with vanity, and what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this: if if someone brings correction to us, typically there there are two things that happen. There may be more, but there are two prevalent things that stand out to me. Yeah. One is that we get hyper defensive, like no, no, it couldn't be me. Maybe maybe you heard it wrong. Maybe maybe it's you, not me. And we get this defense mechanism up. Yeah. That's a self protection point of me, right? Correct. the The other extreme that we might do is we'll break down. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean. Oh, I feel horrible. And now we get such to the point where we feel so bad that now people need to console us when we're the ones we do them wrong, right? <laughs> because <it's, laughs> because somehow it came back to us again, right? And so yeah. so we but we we get that, and all of us have some form of one or the other or both, depending on the circumstance. And so it's hard to be brought correction to. Um, the, the other piece that I think of is just the idea of confrontation. Pe- people, there are many people who don't like confrontation. Why do we wrestle with that so much? Well, because, again, there, there's, this, there's this, this dichotomy of things. One is that if you like confrontation, then there could be some bully in you mm-hmm. <laughs> that you just like to confront people. Mm-hmm. Because confrontation, is it's, it requires vulnerability. Um, confrontation requires risk because you don't know how someone's going to respond or react to you Yeah. Um, so so there's a lot that's involved in confrontation um, and so for people who have insecurities, confrontation means I don't even like to talk anyway so now I have to, especially if it's somebody who's an authority or somebody who's older or somebody who's right. now I have to bring something and I don't even want to have the conversation, I just want things to be nice, I don't like ugly stuff and ugly spaces and ambiguities and all that. And I don't want people to be mad. I don't, I don't like that space. It's, it's not a good space to be in. There's so many couples. So, so Angel, my wife, Angel and I, we, we, you know, we'll minister to couples and couples will come talk to us and all that. And it's so interesting when we run across a couple, um, if we sit in a group or go to a, a marriage conference or whatever, or we sit in a group and we'll hear a couple say, Nope, we, we've learned to just stop fighting. <laughs> what, it's like nope, we don't have in fact there's a famous famous pastor wife couple and i won't say their name but famous famous pap- pastor wife couple and they were interviewed on national television and the per- and i won't say who the person who interviewed them because then it might give them away mm-hmm. so the person interviewed said to them it's like you know your church is great you know all that you're doing is amazing and you seem to be just this this wonderful couple is that, do you all ever fight or do you all ever are, it seems well, like you don't just whisper don't do it to that. me, just whisper their names to me in the microphone. Right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it seems like, and they, and they honestly, they look like now if you're, if you've been married for a, a, any amount of time at all, you, you, you're, you're going to find some irony in this. Right. Unless you're a couple like this, but they, they were sitting <laughs> there. So the person interviewing is there. They're sitting here and, and imagine this bottle is the, is the spouse. And they looked at each other and they went, no, no, we, we just, no, we just don't, we just learned that, you know, it's just not productive to have conflict. I mean, we just learned how to just get along. It's like, okay, one of y'all or both of y'all are lying mm-hmm. or, or you don't talk, you right? Know, you don't talk about difficult, hard, challenging stuff, and right? You've just chosen not just to leave that stuff in the closet. Don't deal with it because we don't want confrontation and you've just learned to navigate and get along that way. And one person has to acquiesce to the other. To just say, you know what? Yeah, I'm at all times. At all times. And that's how people people like to have the drama-free, stress-free spaces and confrontation opens those doors to drama, stress, ugly, difficult, uh, like like you're saying. Yeah,
0: and, and Jesus never, ever promised us, you know, he didn't promise us a, a paved street and an easy walk. He said, take up your cross mm-hmm. and follow me you know, look at my, look at my life. Right. And then, and then follow me. Like in a lot of times we want, we want the easy stuff, right? We want the easier path. We don't want our feet to hurt. We don't want, we want, we want it. you know, we want it to be paved or maybe man, it'd be even better. Jesus. Could you, could you like just rickshaw us somewhere? Could you just, could you, could you pedicab us somewhere? Could you do something? You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Can you Can you drive us somewhere instead of just making us walk Mm -hmm. with this cross that you've called for us to carry now? Uh, Reminder being
1: he owns the cattle, but we forgot the price that was paid for him.
0: Absolutely. That's it right there. And, And we, and we forget that, you know, salvation, salvation is free. Discipleship is costly. And really you say salvation is free. It cost Jesus his life. And he's really asked us to give up ours. And so uh, I remember the old, you know, the old, um, an old evangelist who had a, if and I won't say their name either, cause they were a little weird, but, but they did, Their answer to this was beautiful. This I agreed with. And he said, you know, what, what does it cost you to be able to be in a ministry like this, where God kind of works through you like this? And, and they, their answer was everything. It's cost me everything. And, and I think that we don't want to pay everything. We don't want to be lonely or have lonely moments or whatever. And, and listen, ministry can be lonely, but it shouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a pastor tell me that one time. He said, you know, Matt, ministry is a very lonely place. And I remember thinking, like, that's confusing, though, because we're, we're created to, like, be together, like, to be in community, and, and we should never be lonely because we're doing life together. So my brain just immediately began to like why are you lonely? Why are you alone? Why are you, are is this a choice or what's going on? And, and, uh, and I think that there was a way that ministry used to be done right uh, for there for a while is almost like got hijacked. It's kind of like that, the the, the, the hundreds of years of silence as it were with no profit. And so man decided, well, let me make all these amendments to these commandments that God, that God gave us. Let's write all of these amendments. And, And then God shows up in the flesh and they miss him because he doesn't fit any of their criteria. And I think that um, we have a propensity to do that where we worship our traditions or we worship ourselves and our feelings and our comforts and and what we think. I have a question for you. Uh, You've been been in ministry for a while. And so I want to know. Being is that we're both relatively speaking, as it pertains to if you were to take a poll, I believe, of, of pastors or leaders across the world. You and I, relatively speaking, are, are, are young pastors. Like gen, genuinely, we're young pastors. Have you, ever, have you ever had to bring an admonishment in a loving way to an elder?
1: Yes. To absolutely. somebody who, you know what I mean? Because
0: yes. sometimes like, let's unpack that because sometimes there was this thing that would, that happened where like, you don't, you don't correct somebody older oh, yeah. than you.
1: No, I've, I've heard that happen before.
0: And you're like, wait, what,
1: How right. what do you mean? What is that?
0: And yeah. I remember feeling some of that, like grow, be, like growing up into what I was called to do. Like, man, how am I, God, how are you calling me? My first experience was that was with that was as a worship pastor. And I'm like, how am I supposed to correct this person that has been, you know, in ministry, in this worship ministry longer than I've been alive. But how was that? What was that experience like?
1: So, so let me, so I'll answer that. Let me say something real quick. Cause you said something important about the, the, um, the pastor um, who talked about the loneliness of, of the pastor. Oh yes, right? yes, yes. So let me, let you me said hit. it's
0: a lonely, it's a lonely pl- ministry is a lonely place. Yeah.
1: Let me, let me hit that one real quick and then I'll come to the, the, the confrontation piece because that's so important. Um, and it speaks to, to the your very topic today, mm-hmm. so you talk about somebody who's in ministry. the 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 reason why it's lonely, I believe, because I experience that sometimes. The reason why sure. it's lonely is because nobody knows me. Yeah, you you know the guy on stage. You know the guy who smiles and shakes hands, right? You, you know that guy, right? But you don't know the guy on Sunday night, <laughs> right? You don't know the guy on Monday morning. By the way, Monday morning they they say is the most depressing day for pastors Pastors, because you've you've poured everything out on Sunday and all that and and people don't know that spiritual drain Mm -hmm. and so on Monday it's like Monday but see I'm bivocational so Monday morning I go to work like all the rest of the schlubs in the world (laughs) (laughs) so so (laughs) but but I'm you know but but I say that to say this who really knows me or who really knows you um and and the real you um, and can you even let that person out? Because we don't have, we don't like the ugly spaces, like you said. So, yeah. so people don't want to know there's ugly in there, right? Especially today, they 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 want to know that. Okay, yep, you're you're a, you're a ministry leader. So yeah, you can have some because you're a human being, but not too much because you're not supposed to be like us. You're supposed to be above us, right? That's why we're following you. We're expecting you to be beyond. It's like, man, I'm struggling with some of the stuff just like you are. Yeah, and so. You know, that's that's a that's a vulnerable space to be in as well. So therefore, yeah. if you can't have intimacy among each other, then you then it is a lonely space. And I would venture to say this. I would venture to say that many believers, mm. many believers struggle with loneliness. And I believe they mask it with this thing that they call community, which really just means that you're around a bunch of people. Right. But what happens when all the people go home? And now you're sitting in your chair, you're laying in your bed and you're by yourself. Yeah. What now? And so I, I think that's a phenomenon w- with all of us.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and, I w- and I'll also just piggyback and say that I think to um, beyond people, beyond people not knowing the real you, I think that uh, a, an issue that a lot of pastors face, especially like lead pastor, senior pastor, whatever you want to call yourself. Um <laughs> Uh, just a pastor is what the Bible says, but that's fine. If you want to put a title in front of that, that's okay. Uh, Is that very few people want to just be around you. And and what I mean by that is, you know, people always want something from you. And very few people just want
1: you. You, yes. Yes.
0: And and that that can be very difficult. Yes, and I think that really is even a topic unto itself as yes. well that we could unpack as pastors. And I mean, we can go on and on because they don't know they don't know what Monday feels like. Or they don't know what I mean. And yeah, for 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 us right now, it might be Sunday night. What that feels like, and just ensuring that, like, man, I you know, okay, God, like I did, I did what you what was asked of me today. Right, I was obedient. Did it work? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> did you? Did you do, did you do a thing in somebody? Could yeah. you, cause it, cause it's not like we get this wink in the gun from, from God <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> after every time we minister or pray or anything like that. In fact, I've prayed and stuff hasn't happened, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. be, and, and that's an exercise in faith. I believe is what God is doing so, Yeah, exercise that faith, work that out. Right. I just right. wanted to know that you would be obedient and do it yeah you know um but but i digress there
1: but we but we do that so so what we do is what you said about people wanting either what you have or what you can do over who you are because
0: there is anointing that 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 we that you walk in that you operate in
1: but we do that we do the same thing with god though right in, in all fairness it's like we go to god and say god you know thank you for this blah 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 give me that yeah and I'm out, deuces. Yeah. yeah. If you, do, I if you do this, then I'll do this. <laughs> right. Right. Or it's like God, I'm praying and I'm interceding for this. Give that person this, or give that person. It's always like give, give, give. You know. And that's part of the prayer process. That's fine. But but rarely do we just want to sit with God because it's weird. I mean, you can't see God and all that. It's kind of weird to just say I'm going to sit with God. And, yeah. And if you were to say that on a first date, then you'd probably lose that person. It's like you know oh, yeah. I'm just. What are you doing? I'm going to sit with God today. That's what. That's how you spend uh, your time. Yeah, you know, me and him are going. It's like, can you see him, or <laughs> I need to know. Mm-hmm. I need to take some inventory, but but the other part. Let me, let me go to the leader part again. Is that? Um, and I don't know why I'm staying here. Pastor. You can move me on if I'm. No, this is good.
0: Long. This is why yeah. we're here. We got we got time.
1: The the other part of that that strikes me as well is when you get to a certain position, and this is where the lying part comes in that you talk about, right? And yes. I, I wrote down some scenarios, but this is one. Come on, when, when you're a leader. If you're aware if you're conscious and aware and your ego is not that big you know that people many people are kind to you simply because you're a leader so I'm a leader in 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 the work in the marketplace and I'm a leader in the church as you know so right. I'm, I'm an associate vice president at a university right and so when I go to work I mean I have multiple departments and multiple people and all that yep. so you know when I when I walk around and say hi to people and people light up and say hey, if if I was just anybody just walking through the room, they could care less and hey, how you doing? But it's like, hey, how you doing? Dr. Cantrell, hey, how are you? And I'll I'll sometimes I'll say something silly. I like to tell stories, as you know, and I'll say something and I'll get laughs and I get laughs out of students and they'll just laugh. And I'm like, OK, that really wasn't that funny. And I know you're just indulging me right now, but thank you for indulging me. But it's like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not you're not being real right now. You have a performance
0: review coming up or what? Right, Exactly.
1: <laughs> you're being kind, but that's not real because it's like, OK, can you leave so I can get back to my work? I know people feel like that sometimes. But right. You're not going to say that. So I say that to say you don't even get the real reactions or response. And, and what people don't that. understand is that that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing worse.
0: And I know, I know you've experienced this. I know Pastor Angel's experiences. I know Pastor Amanda's experiences. I've experienced it where you're having a conversation with somebody. I was golfing the other day. I went golfing on Friday for the first time in like 12 years, by the way. Nice. I'm and you, sore.
1: And, and you're probably better than I am. And I play every day.
0: I'm sore. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, for the first time broke a hundred. And I was like, I'm gonna take another 12 years off and maybe I'll break 90 who knows go. right cuz i shot a 91 and i was excited about that 91 it'll never happen again
1: i've never shot a 91 and i have a membership and play multiple times a well, week so there you go well you know i know how bad i am
0: this is what's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so what's crazy is i we're we're golfing and i'm there just me and my brother-in-law go and uh we we get to hole 7 and we hear this guy shout out from the hole um, the hole it's not really in line with us it's just next to us because if you've ever been golfing you know that usually if t boxes are set up next to each other one is probably the front nine and the other is probably the back nine so you guys aren't even going the same direction these guys are next to us and they said hey uh would you mind if we played seven eight nine with you because we just want to play seven eight nine and then we're out of here because they go golfing like every day and we were like not at all come on you know we're we're on the t box for seven so come on let's go and so we're teeing up, and uh, and they're joking around. Man, these guys are—they're a crack up, man. They're so much fun. One of the, one of the guys is from you know, here in town. The mm-hmm. other is from New Zealand, so he's got a an amazing accent, and he he just moved here some years ago. And they're just having a good old time. They're cutting up. They're being themselves. You know, they're they you know there's some there's some language, but they're, it's because it's in a joke or something. Mm-hmm. And and they're giving us all the all the hard times, and we're loving it. We're laughing, and and then they uh, it comes to the dreaded question that every pastor is like oh no here we go now it, this is about to change
1: yep i know the question
0: and the question is so what do you guys do What do you do? Do? <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: What do? you do? and uh, well see this is where it helps me to be by vocation it does like, oh, it work, does i always wear a csub shirt so i'm like oh i work at cal state Bakersfield."
0: see it does and i'm not um <laughs> is
1: that a, is that like a half truth though i'm just as i'm being convicted on this on this, I mean, right now. just
0: ensure that it's conviction and not condemnation. <laughs> There's no condemnation in this space. If it's the spirit bringing it, then we'll pray. But, uh, but, but of course, I answer, and then their countenance completely Absolutely. changes. Yeah, it's not that. that they're not nice anymore mm-hmm. or funny or fun. It's just that they're not them. Yeah. Now they're now they're trying to indulge me. Yep. And protect what they think I want yep. they're them not to being be, honest. and I. I hate that I Do too. because I, I want you like that's I want right. you to be you exactly I, warts and all like all of the brokenness and everything that, that's the money that's yes. the good stuff bring yeah. that I yeah. like that because that's what I would like to be with people too
1: yes exactly yeah I, I I do and that and that's why I actually say when I'm out and I'll say you know they say so and typically I'm always wearing a CSUB shirt when I'm out that's just you know I just do and so they'll say are you a coach that's always the first question so what do you coach and it's because, you know, I'm an athlete. I'm dressed like an, you know, like a coach or whatever. And, and so, you
0: were, and you were, come on. And you, you did, you were a I division mean, one track <laughs> athlete. You look, you're athletic. I, I, you, you're, you're, you have an athletic build. It's well, not.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. But this that guy's was,
0: playing, playing how he looks down.
1: That, that was like uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't been an athlete ever since, but Hey, it's all good. It's all good. You so, play golf now. <laughs> I, I, well, I go out to the golf course and I do some gardening. I do some, yeah, I definitely do some, that. So I, I get in the beach a lot in the sand. And,
0: I think Andy just hated that. I called
1: golfers athletes. I do well. some, I do some hunting and fishing cause I'm my balls in the water. I mean, I, you know, I get all of it in, I get all of it in, but no, but I, I, I do hate that. So I'll say, you know, CSUB and we'll talk the CSUB thing and all that. And it's, it's, it's because I want people to be themselves. Yeah. And so when it does come out, you know, later on, wait, you're, I heard you're a pastor, so if I play enough and people and people identify me, they'll say, hey, did you know he was a pastor? And someone will say, hey, I just heard you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> not because I'm ashamed, but I'll say, yeah, I am. How are you going to change now? Now you're going to start yep. getting all weird and stuff. But I love people who know me that have been around me, and then and then they find out later and they can just keep being themselves. Yes. Because they realize I've done this with you for this long. I guess you don't care. And I just love it because it's like, okay, you're being genuinely you. Right. And and I love the real, just like you're saying. Because if not, we don't see it this way, but but we're kind of we're kind of lying through this, through this process. Right. But by, by the way, I w I wanna can I can I can I bring this up? I wrote some stuff down. Come on. Cause I wrote these questions down because you were talking about lying. And and I talked about ways of how we how we lie. But but these are the what ifs. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give what if scenarios, right? So, are we telling the truth or are we lying? Here's a what if what if scenario. I'm ready. Are you ready? So here's a what if scenario. What if your wife or your partner asks you, "How do I look?" Mm-hmm. Okay, will you give them an honest answer? The second question is, what if your child, if you have children, what if your child said they make something or they draw something or they build something, and they say how do you like it? Right. Mm-hmm. And here, here's, here's the, here's the third one. Uh, I talked about the, the authority laughing when, when you say it's funny, but, but the question is how how do you, how do you handle those things? Yeah. And in light of this conversation we're having, and I say that because I, I gave the partner, the children, whatever, because how you do that could translate into how you do that in other conversations. So I'm just, yeah. just, just wondering, and this is a these are questions that came to mind. How do we navigate those things?
0: Absolutely, and and of course now now Amanda and I fight. We call it intense fellowship.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: That's what we have. We have intense, and and we have we have made the conscious decision, and we've 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 kind of been over the years like a boarding house almost, uh, where where you know we're able to kind of uh, help people that are that are you know uh, that need some help or need a, a a place to land for a bit or whatever. And so that's really really cool. It's been great to be able to do that. But we made the decision. We let the people know right off the bat like look, we don't fight behind closed doors just so you know. Like if we if we get in a disagreement and we're in the living room, we're about to have a disagreement in the living room. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go hold on and then leave the premises and, Right,
1: cuz people are going to hear you anyway and they're going right. to know what's going down anyway.
0: And so. and we want to we want to be able to sh- to exemplify like no, right. we're going to fight and and this is this is okay. We now we're going to fight fair. We're not going to try to wound uh, each other um, without reason or without cause. We're going to be faithful to the wounds of a friend. You know, if you love me well enough, then you're, you're going to have to hurt me sometimes. And so I'm not talking about that. But uh, we, we don't go ob- overboard, you know, in that space. But we're real. We're, we're honest with each other. And we fight in front of the kids. We fight in front of people, like, because we will. Now, um, we have a rule in our house. Rule, rule number one in our house is no lies no lies. And so, you know, if Amanda uh has a shirt or a, that that's that's not fitting or or something that's just not landing right, she'll ask me and I'll tell her like, no, that's not that's not the one. And and we've gotten to that place though where we were early on in the marriage. I, of course, I no, I wouldn't say that because I don't want to know this, you know. And 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 my wife is beautiful and I love her and I want to I want to support her I want her to feel beautiful and and confident. But like I also want to I've learned, like, no, we're going to tell the truth. Now, Karis, she's, she's really gifted with art. She got, she got that from her mom, not me. Bless Tony's heart. He got my drawing skills. And so Tony draws something, and he's like, Dad, what do you think? And I look at him, and I go, I think you're a beautiful person. I love you. I think, <laughs> I think you're so beautiful. I think that your heart is beautiful. I see what you're doing here. That's, that's cool. That's great. He's not. I'm not going to encourage him to go and be Van Gogh. Because he's not that guy. And again, that's that's what's crazy is that people don't understand. I've been on stage with people singing into a microphone that is muted. And you are not loving this person well because there is, there is a gift inside of them. There is something that they have to offer. Mm-hmm god that he has created them for called them to do and they've been doing this into a muted microphone for 20 years right that's and cool. that's ugly yeah that's yeah. ugly we need to love people better than that because right. if it's not here that's fine And where is it let's yeah. help you find it yeah because it's somewhere but we do that because i want to get along i want everybody to feel all right right but again we're not called to be uh, uh peace keepers we're called to be peacemakers there's connotations between keeping and making right there's differences there, right? Like keeping peace is like hurting puppies. Like if you're oh, I'm just trying to keep it, I'm just trying to keep peace. And it's the path of least resistance, so to speak at times, but it's still more difficult than you're making it right. And you're thinking you're still, you're creating other problems for yourself, but the path, uh, it, it doesn't lead to the healthiest of outcomes. When you do that, you let a person just do what they want all the time from womb to tomb they're going to find the tomb sooner than they should.
1: Right, exactly. And
0: that, that's just how this goes. The difference between living for people and loving people is the difference between life and death, in my opinion. Right. It really
1: is. No, that's really good. And and so as, as I look at some of those things, sometimes we do just outright lie and let somebody go out looking a mess or thinking they're a mess and that's why. <laughs> That's why you have people on American Idol who can't sing, because they've had a bunch of community members say, oh my gosh, you're so gifted and talented right. when they're not, and you know they're not. And right. you probably talk about them when they're, you shouldn't have gone on that show, but you did anyway, because you were so confident, and you got false confidence from us. Mm-hmm. Gave it to you. But but the other piece I think about is this. I heard this this quote, and I never forgot it, and I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, truth without love is cruelty. Mm-hmm and I I never forgot that and it's like yes there there's truth so when I think of those scenarios I think of like my son who 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 does music production stuff and he's actually pretty good at it right so yeah he does it but there's some stuff I don't like and so he'll say he'll play something and I mean it's it's hip hop and and you know it's all that kind of stuff and it's it's you know and he'll play it and he'll be really proud of it cuz he spent so much time working on it and the production quality and all that and um, he'll say, he'll say, dad, let me, let me show you this. Song. I don't know why young people say, can I show you a song? I've, right.
0: Let me show you this song. I can't
1: see it. I'm listening. Can't, I can hear the song. I can't see. But anyway, he says, dad, let me show you a song. So he'll play the song, whatever. And he'll say, he'll say, uh, so what do you think? And I'll have to, I've learned how to carefully, um, carefully say something where I can build up, build him up and encourage him Cause I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's not good, but I just don't like it. Right. So he'll say he'll say, Dad, how how do you like it? And I'll say, dude, you you are the most creative dude I know, man. You just you put your time, you put your quality, it's quality, you know, whatever. And I'll I'll try to give all the affirmation around it. Absolutely. Without without saying, I don't like that one. Now, angels just say, I don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this dude just spent hours and he's going to his parrot. Right. And right. Even though he's an adult, he still sees us as, you know, But, but I think I say that to say, I think there's a way in how we do this. Then I guess I'm getting to the how, right. Is that we've got to know that there are conversations that are not easy, but what's the motivation behind the conversation? What's right. What's the heart behind wanting to say something? And sometimes, you know, I, I come from a community where people can be abrasive. Um, even in church, people can be abrasive. Um, you know, I went to a church where, um, at the time, I can say this because the church changed the name, but the name of the church was Fremont Bible Fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember we used to say Bible is our middle name. It had Baptist roots. Bible is our middle name. It's like you better know your word. You better, you know, be in the word, whatever. Right. And I remember people used to say like the most rude things in the name of Jesus. Like and, and just in a real abrasive way. It's like, see, you get yourself into situations, you you could do all this stuff and you couldn't pray your way out of a wet paper bag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like, okay wow okay yeah you do this and you don't even know your word what's the word what's the word? how many do you do you even know the word do you even know god maybe you're not even saved i don't know and just saying those kind of things it's like well yes we do need to know the word yes we do need to have strong prayer life but do we have to say things the way we do and where are you bringing this from you know and that that's Where's where this coming from? And again, it goes back to vanity. Why, why am I projecting so much is because at the end of the day, it could be that my projections have more to do with me than they have to do with the person I'm trying to correct or quote unquote build or whatever.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's always easier to project to the outside than be introspective mm-hmm. and own our stuff. And I know that quote that you're talking about, the truth without love is brutality uh, but love without the truth is hypocrisy. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, good, yeah. that's a good quote. Um, and, and I think that, I think that oftentimes we find ourselves that a uh, TDJ said something one time and he, and he's, he said, uh, I can say this in my church. Uh, he said that the two things I can't stand in, in this world is a lazy man and a stinking woman. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I watched, I watched Jake's. I'm like, what 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 just happened and he but he and he was speaking on like you know um somebody being like a sluggard like Mm -hmm. there's something in you and if you choose not to develop that if you choose not to be that then then that's on you and i can't stand seeing wasted potential he you know he's like that's the worst the worst thing that you could see on this planet is is wasted potential. Yeah, so, if I mean, you say, I,
1: if you say that in the marketplace, they'll call your Title IX officer and file a complaint or a grievance against you for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what he <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, later on in that in that same in that same conversation, he said, you know, cause he said, brother, uh, brother, Jace gets sued on the regular. He, <laughs> said, he said, we get we get sued on the regular, so I got to be ready. Right. Uh, but but I find it interesting that you know people people can be either we either we're terrible dance partners. We we don't understand rhythm. And, and, and I, I am a person who I won't say balance is a myth, but I am a person who believes in rhythm. Right. And, and in other words, I know there will be seasons. You should, people will speak to balance. You got to even it out. You got to even out the amount of ministry that you do, the amount of home life that there is or whatever. There's going to be seasons where I, I, the, more time is necessary here. Right. There's going to be seasons where more time is available here. Amen, man. That's But we're terrible dance partners. So what we do is we either going to get the Bible and we're going to beat people over the head with yep. it. Yep. Or we're just going to tell them they're great and everything is going to be great. And Jesus loves them so much. Right. But I, oh, I have been coming back to, for the last two years, the example. Because you know at the Vine, our whole thing is love like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the example that Jesus, the first example that Jesus brought me to was, was the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And I am brought back to that frequently because I think that is the epitome of the love of Christ Mm -hmm. in that moment where woman, where are your accusers? My Lord, I have none. I'm not going to accuse you then go on your way. Don't sin anymore. Right. We leave. Don't sin anymore out. Sometimes I'm not going to we stop it. I'm not going to accuse you either. Right. But he said, "Go on your way." In other words, there's a way that you've been called. Go on your way. Mm-hmm. That you've been cre- you've been cre- You're not been created for this. Go on your way, and don't sin. This is hurting you. This is killing you. Look at there were stones that are dropped right here, right at people's feet. This is killing you. Don't sin anymore. And for whatever reason, we like to just swing the pendulum one way or the other. Either we're really really heavy with correction. And we're brutal mm-hmm. in our honesty or we're just it's all it's all just love and, and, and rainbows and and unicorns and all this kind of stuff. Right. And I think that that's what made Jesus so amazing. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was God incarnate, so he was perfect at everything that he did. But but in that way, though, he just understood, you know, that there there was an example I gave one time of, of um, you know, Nobody, there's a difference between being raw and real. Uh, you know, nobody wants to eat raw chicken, but but grace cooks the chicken, and you can be real and have grace, and then what you're giving them is a meal instead of poison. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not poisoning them, you're because you're going to poison them if you if you give them something raw they're going to be poisoned. They're either going to be poisoned to you. They're going to be poisoned to the church. They're going to be poisoned to God. They're going to be poisoned somewhere. Right. And you gave that to them. Mm -hmm. Now they can choose. You can't make anybody choose how they respond or react, but you
1: still come on. You fed them. Right. You fed them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, um, Jesus had compassion. Um, but, but also knew how he, he had courage as well. Right. To be able to say that. I think sometimes it's hard for people to, to, It's hard for people in two senses. One, if if you know we're conditioned by the world to say don't judge, don't judge people. You can't judge me. Don't judge people, and that is taken so out of context. Well, we don't expect the world to speak in biblical terms, but sometimes we we kind of you know default and we acquiesce to that stuff, right? Yeah. So, but but what judge means to the believer when it says don't judge is talking about judging someone's salvation. Correct. You don't judge whether someone is going to heaven or hell. That's not that judgment. Now, correct. Now, now, the Bible says, like I mentioned, it says in Colossians, one of the attributes of love is admonishment or correction yep. or, you know, challenge those things. We are t- supposed to check each other, challenge each other and be there for one another in love. That's part of our love for one another. That's Otherwise, right. we, we go unchecked and we can go unhurt. We talked about that. So Jesus had a way of, of doing both. He had a way of being there, and somehow we have to be able to navigate those spaces like Jesus did. Yeah, to to say that I can I can bring a correction. Now, here's a, here's another reason why I believe that some people have a hard time doing that is because I can't correct you in an area that I'm struggling with. Sure, sure. And so if I see you doing something, I, I can't I can't challenge you on it because. Uh, you know, I don't want you asking me, well, how are you doing with that? I don't want to talk about it. Right. right? So, Spe- so,
0: specs and logs. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So, so, so then we, we're, we're almost like afraid to say any anything like I can't correct you cause your shoe is untied because I have a hole in my jacket. It's, it's like, we just don't want to say anything cause right. I don't want my stuff to be exposed. And you're, let's just, you know, I just won't say anything at all. Right. When Jesus was, was wanting to get that woman to, and, and everyone he talked to, he's wanting to get them to a better space.
0: Yeah, and church and, and this relationship with God and our community that we build in our churches as the church as kingdom, uh, it's not meant to be a standoff. We're like, all right, if you guys don't shoot, I'm not going to shoot. Right,
1: right. All right, don't ask, everybody, don't tell.
0: Everybody, just relax. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be I'm sorry, fine, that slipped right? out. Sorry.
1: <laughs> but but
0: but really, when it when it comes down to it, and 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 I know we got to wrap it up. So uh, when it comes down to it, though, I refuse to hide the cure for our lives, which is the truth for the lie of comfortably dying. I don't want to die comfortably. Yeah. Uh, Because if you're not living, you're dying. And if you're not telling the truth, you're, you're not really living. Yep. Uh, So let's, let's figure out a way as the church, as kingdom minded people, as followers of Jesus, let's figure out a way where we can best surrender to the truth ourselves. We need to acquiesce to truth where we can own the truth about ourselves, where we can know the truth about Jesus and our God. And we can lovingly bring the truth before the people that we encounter. Absolutely. We got to get there. We got, man, I appreciated you being on, man. I I know, I know we're, we're almost done, but we, it's, it's time before we close. It's time for recommendations. Okay. Recommendations. Did you like that beat? Past
1: that, point? that was pretty cool.
0: I like I like the recommendations beat. Now I'm gonna go ahead. Do you, do you have anything as a recommendation today? PD, I, I you
1: know it, it's interesting you say that. I wasn't I wasn't uh, uh, prepared for this, but something something just came up. Um, uh, there there is a book. Now this is not a Christian book, but man, I, I it really it really impacted me. So um, there there's two books. Some of you may have heard of the book called Who Moved My Cheese? Right? You may have. If you haven't heard of that, oh, uh, you got to get into. And if you're like me, I don't like reading long books. This is like a really quick read. And when I say quick, I read it at Barnes and Nobles when it first came out. <laughs> I yeah, sat there not and just read this. it. I just sat there and read it because it was so engaging. I read the first couple of pages and couldn't put it down. So there's, there's a the author's name is um, Doc. He's a medical doctor, Spencer Johnson, I believe is his name. Okay. Who, who moved my cheese? Well, he came out with a second book called The Present. The present. Check that one out. All right. Um, the present. The present, and it, it, it really, it really speaks to uh, sometimes where, where we are and where we're, where we're thinking. So I can't, I can't tell you what it's about because it'll give the story away. But it, it really, he's a good storyteller. So check that out. It's called the present. It's a very quick read, and it, it'll really give context to, uh, to life, uh, and where we are. So I, I love it. Cool.
0: The present by one more time. The name Spencer, of the Spencer
1: Doctor Spencer Johnson.
0: Doctor Spencer Johnson. The present and who, who ate my cheese?
1: Who, who, moved. who moved? Who moved?
0: Sorry, who moved I'm like my, who ate it? Who who moved who, moved
1: it? who moved my cheese? Is is a really good book? I, it was actually a bestseller, and um, it was really quite um, lauded by a lot. Be, and even though it's a, a small book, because okay. it has to do with change. It has to do with change.
0: Okay, I want both of these books now.
1: And the "Who Moved My Cheese" is a story about mice, and they have to, you know, the cheese is running out where they are, and they have to go find where it is, and and it's, it's a story of how they navigate like their experiences of finding new things and, and going into new things. So if you're if you're trying to navigate change or, or or that, that's a good one as well.
0: That's that's phenomenal. And and you know where we're we're at right now. It's funny. I had a conversation with our with our our friend, and uh, and mentor. Pastor Rob, uh, and so I'm actually going to recommend a book I have yet to read, but because I trust Pastor Rob so much, I'm going to recommend this book yep. because he recommended it to me. And it's a book. This is also a national bestseller. It's called Fierce Conversations, Achieving Success at Work and in Life, One Conversation at a Time. This is by Susan Scott. Mm. And this fierce conversations idea, you know, coming with the, some of what we're, we're talking about today and what we're unpacking today as it pertains to having difficult conversations, honest conversations, being truth tellers. But the conversations that are, are tough to have, but that are necessary to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the recommendations. Do us a favor, man, all of you that are listening, that, that are watching, make sure that you like our social media accounts follow our social media accounts go to the YouTube channel and hit subscribe at the bell for notifications so you can be updated when new episodes drop and go love like Jesus we're out